This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Reynolds has turned the page to what's next by making it possible for you to retail anywhere. Discover your next chapter at reyrey.com slash me. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash me. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, executive editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Tesla will open up its U.S. charging network to rivals. Car prices hit a record high, and Ford halts production of two models over quality issues. Plus, we'll dig into J.D. Power's 2023 vehicle dependability study with the company's Frank Hanley. Premium brands right now are up to 113% of the problems that the mass market brands are. That's the highest it's ever been since we've been running a study that we're seeing that kind of gap. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. The Biden administration says Tesla will open part of its U.S. charging network to EVs made by rivals. It's part of a $7.5 billion federal program to electrify the nation's highways to cut carbon emissions. Such a move could help turn Tesla into the universal filling station of the EV era, Reuters reports. It also risks eroding a competitive edge for vehicles made by the company, which has exclusive access to the biggest network of high-speed superchargers in the United States. By the end of next year, the administration says Tesla will open up access to 3,500 new and existing superchargers along highway corridors. It will also open 4,000 slower chargers at locations such as hotels and restaurants to non-Tesla customers. A White House official said at a briefing that Tesla would be eligible for a subsidy as long as its chargers would allow other vehicles with federally backed charging standard called CCS to charge. Tesla and CEO Elon Musk did not respond to requests for confirmation and comment. The average monthly payment for a new car has soared to a record $777. That's almost twice as much as in late 2019, according to Kelly Blue Book owner Cox Automotive. Used models have climbed to $544 on a monthly average. The sticker shock extends well beyond the US. In Europe, prices are flirting with records Used car prices soared in Japan last year. In China, a rapid push to electric vehicles means consumers will have to pay more in some cities. Ford has halted production of two models this week due to quality issues. The automaker halted production and shipments of its F-150 Lightning electric pickup over a potential battery issue. Ford didn't give any details about the potential issue, although spokeswoman Emma Berg said an investigation is underway after a vehicle displayed a possible problem as part of the company's pre-delivery quality inspections. It's unclear how long the halt on production and shipments will continue. Ford also idled its Louisville assembly plant over a software issue that's affecting the recently freshened Escape crossover. That's according to the plant's building chairman. Ford has been plagued by quality issues and trouble on many of its highest profile products. Last year, it issued a stop sale on the Mustang Mach-E as it recalled nearly 50,000 crossovers over a safety defect that could cause it to lose power. And remember that viral TikTok trend that showed people how to break into Hyundai and Kia models? The sibling automakers say they're delivering a fix. Hyundai and Kia are offering a software upgrade to more than 8 million U.S. vehicles in response to the increasing thefts targeting models without push-button ignitions. That's according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The agency said the effort is in response to the TikTok social media challenge that has spread nationwide. 
It blames the viral videos for at least 14 reported crashes and eight fatalities. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, with these record vehicle monthly payments, do we blame rates or supply? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely both. Uh, you know, prices are still at record highs. Supply is getting better, and there's probably fewer vehicles that are actually selling for higher than their sticker price, but prices are still high. And at the same time, <laughs> interest rates are high. And so they're, they're pushing up the prices. It just looks like, you know, labor is tight. People are getting raises. I think more of them are just willing to take on a higher monthly payment than they ever have before. And here we are. And that's math. Coming up, J.D. Power recently released its 2023 Vehicle Dependability Study. We'll hear from the company's Frank Hanley next on Daily Drive. Reynolds & Reynolds recently announced a new logo and brand image to better reflect the company it is today and its vision for the future. Hear what Chris Walsh, president of Reynolds & Reynolds, has to say about Reynolds' rebrand and the next chapter. I think, you know, if you look back, it really started, you know, probably two years ago with a new leadership team in place and the decision to kind of look at how we can be a better company and how we can better serve our customers and how we can help them be more successful. But it's really accelerated the last, you know, 12 months. This is a commitment to a new kind of company in my eyes and a new way of kind of cohabitating in the industry, helping our customers be more successful. And, uh, you know, the marketing side of this is, I mean, it's certainly important to help to have a marketing organization that, you know, kind of takes your messages and makes them concise and, and impactful and, and broadcast that to the world. That's certainly a critical part you know, of what we're doing, but this is not a marketing program. This is, you know, a company-wide initiative you know, to better serve the industry and to, you know, help us get to the next chapter uh, in automotive. Visit rayray.com slash me to learn more about Reynolds' vision for the future and discover your next chapter. That's reyrey.com slash me. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Lexus has climbed back to the top of J.D. Power's annual vehicle dependability study, outranking all brands. That includes Kia, which held the top position last year. Infotainment technology continues to be a sticking point for many makes, especially the luxury lines that load up on cutting-edge technology, which doesn't always age well. I dug into the study with J.D. Power's Senior Director of Auto Benchmarking, Frank Hanley, who says the study gives an important look at vehicle quality beyond the 90 days that his company tracks in its initial quality study. Frank Hanley, welcome to Daily Drive. Hi, thanks for having me. A lot of public attention goes to IQS, J.D. Power's study of new car quality, the initial quality study. But in many ways, the better one or the more significant one, in my opinion, is the vehicle dependability study. Uh, of course, IQS is interesting for people because it's more often about vehicles that are in the market, even current model year vehicles. But I mean, how do you look at the interplay between the two? You know, they both play an important role in the industry, really. I mean, that 90 days of quality really gives manufacturers with IQS the ability to see, you know, with the products they're putting out now, how are they performing? Are there things that really are problematic that we need to fix immediately and still have the ability to do? Because you know, we're still running that model off the line. You know, the thing being at 90 days, though, when people are looking at cars, you know, they just bought the car. They're really not in the market at that point. They, they haven't even been through a winter yet. Exactly, exactly. So, um, but when we then look at VDS, which is, you know, the longer term, three years of ownership, by then you're starting to get those people back and, you know, it, it's looked at how the car has held up during those three years and people are starting to, you know, leases start coming up. 
things like that. So those people are re-entering the market. So, you know, it really helps manufacturers understand how those people, if they had a problem, you know, are they, are they going to repurchase that brand or not? Or are, you know, are they going to move on something else because their car was so problematic that they're really dissatisfied and, you know, that they're going to move on. So this year's results were interesting. I mean, Lexus on top, it's long been a, a pillar of bulletproof durability, followed by Genesis, kind of its uh, Korean imitator. What's Genesis doing? What are they doing right? You know, Genesis right now, um, they're still looking at just the two cars in the in the segment right now. With three years, the SUVs come out a little later. You know, Genesis, though, just they do a lot of things right. You know, I think people kind of count them out thinking, oh, you know, they're new, their quality isn't there, but they've really put out some really high quality products. And, and we're seeing that even the long-term durability. So, you know, they're just doing a lot of stuff right. They keep things very simple. So, you know, the car is easy for customers to understand how to use it when they get in, which is key for a lot of things. As we've, you know, introduced all this new technology for these, these vehicles, you know, they just make it simple. I mean, you can get in, use it, and you don't have problems with it because we all know Americans, we hate three dollars manuals. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> for sure. So after those two, you know, uh, luxury brands, it goes, you know, Kia, Buick, Chevy, Mitsubishi, Toyota, Hyundai, Mini, Nissan, Dodge, before we get to another luxury brand in Cadillac. Yeah. First off, I mean, Kia, we know they're excellent manufacturers and Buick and Chevy, maybe not a lot new there, but Mitsubishi, what, what happened there? So Mitsubishi is one of those brands where, you know, they, they have a small model mix. So it's not like Chevy where there's, you know, they have a ton of cars. So their samples divided between 18 different models. You know, Mitsubishi has a very small model mix. So, you know, as, as sales shift from year to year, they can drastically move in the rankings very easily. Uh, we also see that with with brands like Ram. I mean, if you look at Ram, there's actually two. Only there's the 1500 and the 2500. If one of those does bad, you know, the brand can easily shift in the ranking. So when you have a small, you know, model mix that makes up the the brand, they can easily move, and that's what really happens a lot of times with Mitsubishi. It's a, it's an easy one to move up and down the rankings. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, but again, uh, coming back to this idea that you know the top two brands are are luxury brands, premium brands. And then the next several are all pretty mainstream brands. What's the gap between mass market and luxury in terms of dependability? So we actually are seeing that, you know, premium brands are definitely having a harder time with, with those long-term durability scores. Premium brands right now are up to 113% of the problems that the mass market brands are. Um, that's the highest it's ever been in the studies run since we've been running the study that we're seeing that kind of gap. 13% more problems per hundred vehicles. Yeah. And that's the highest it's ever been. So, you know, very, and, and there's definitely certain areas we're seeing that this is occurring. A lot of it has to do with technology. I mean, obviously premium vehicles have a lot more, you know, high tech features in them, which are causing some of these problems. So when you look at infotainment systems, driving assistance, which is kind of those ADOS features, you know, those are the areas we're really seeing they're, they're struggling in. And that's causing a lot of these problems for the premium makes that we're not seeing in mass market. You know, that makes a lot of sense for me because, of course, the, the sensors can wear out. Maybe you don't know what the conditions are going to do to the physical uh, vehicle. I was surprised to see that there were so many problems with Android and Apple CarPlay, uh, Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. I mean, like uh, those seem like really easy things to just plug in and, and they work great. Yeah, I mean, this is an area that definitely the industry has been struggling in. Uh, so two years in IQS, the 90 day study that took over the top problem in the industry. 
you know, we every year in VDS now we're seeing this, you know, creep up more and more. We're, we're likely seeing that will be the number one problem at long term in the next year or two also. So that'll run it rise to the top problem for customers. People are so used to it with their phone that they like having the interaction of the Android Auto and CarPlay. So it's a lot of people are starting to use it. The problem is very big issues with connectivity. It's very inconsistent for a lot of manufacturers. You know, you get out of your car, it was working, you get back in and it doesn't reconnect. Um, okay, so, so is it maybe more on the Bluetooth or it's the, yeah, the it's plug? I mean, I have and plugging yeah. it in and the cord and, you know, things like that. It's really that con connection on it that people are struggling with. Interesting. Okay, so with the luxury market, the luxury vehicles, the luxury brands struggling more in terms of dependability, I mean, does that set off, what kind of warning bells does that set off? I mean, I'm thinking about high-end models with plans for over-the-air updates. I mean, if things are failing, you know, how much is it hardware and how much is it software? So right now it's really kind of a split. You know, some are designed that, you know, you can hopefully fix with some software updates for radios and things. A lot of it's things are just, we're seeing it's how they're programming it. So like some of the ADOS things, they're complaining that um, they're overly sensitive. So like for collision warning, it's sensing there's something there when there actually isn't. So it's going off and, you know, people freak out because it's chiming and warning. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so, uh, you know, there's there's definitely frustrations there, too. So it, it's not always, you know, there are some failures, but also, you know, it, it's how you set your settings for the vehicle. You know, are they going to meet customers expectations or is it like, you know, if it's going off all the time, they just shut it off and you've just lost a safety feature. So it's not really adding any value to the customer if you don't meet customer expectations with it. We can't talk about quality without talking at least a little about Tesla. Uh, you included the brand for the first time in the full industry average, and it ranked in sort of the middle of the bottom quartile uh, with 242 problems per 100 vehicles. What stood out? Really, the biggest problem with Tesla is what I mentioned even with premium vehicles. It's that driving assistance. Um, you know, they're known for their driving assistance features. And I mean, it's what you always hear about, you know, in the press with everything with Tesla. And their problems are largely that's where customers are having problems. It's their number one category where we have issues. After that, it's exterior. So, you know, we've always talked about their manufacturing and there's some areas of opportunity there. Um, and we definitely see that. So those are their two big areas where we're, we're seeing problems for Tesla is the driving assistance features and the exterior with the manufacturing. So, of course, with Tesla, there's autopilot and full self-driving, but it's basically if somebody has a complaint or they feel like it's not performing the way they expect it to, they would report that as a problem to sure. J.D. Power. Yep. Okay. So we, we also do like if, if it's difficult to use, so you have a hard time setting the autopilot, you know, they can report a problem with that going, I just don't know how to use it or it's not coming in when I expect it to. Before I let you go, you know, we cover the whole industry here and there's we see more and more use of longer term loans, six, seven, eight years. Of course, the industry doesn't want to see someone sitting out of the market for seven or eight years. But does your research indicate that there's sufficient value in a vehicle, even as even or especially a mainstream model, even several years down the road? Yeah, I mean, as we're seeing, you know, dependability is getting better and better within the industry. So, you know, those longer term loads, um, you know, cars are holding their quality longer. So definitely, I mean, I think I think we're going to see it. It's going to be okay. I mean, it's not like we have cars breaking down like we used to. You know, they, they hold their they're holding their own now with the quality. So I, I think we should be okay. Maybe lose out a little on fashion, but they hold yes. up in utility. <laughs> they get a little dated that way, but yeah, yeah, they they at least are are still running. So 
All right. Frank Hanley is Senior Director of Auto Benchmarking at J.D. Power. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Michael Martinez and Carly Schaffner for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on vehicle quality, EV charging, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.